Good morning, this is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today our first reading is taken from one of the most extraordinary and strange books in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes. I'd recommend, if you have a chance, sit down this afternoon or sometime this week and read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's very short. You could read it easily in maybe 20 minutes or half hour at the most. And I guarantee you'll be surprised and probably fairly involved by this book, this strange and, and disturbing book. It's written in the voice of Koheleth. It's a Hebrew word that means the preacher or the assemblyman. But Koheleth is identified traditionally as Solomon, as the son of David. And remember in the scripture, Solomon is the wisest man in the world. So here we have what are offered to us as reflections of terrific wisdom. Now, how does this famous book open? Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth, all things are vanity. Now, that sets the tone for the entire book. Here's an old man. He identifies himself as an old man at the end of his life. A king, mind you who's seen it all, he's experienced it all, everything the world has to offer. And what does this wise old man say? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It's all in vain somehow. It's all hopeless, without purpose. All of our accomplishments, all of our achievements, all that we see and experience and take in in this world, at the end of the day, all of it is vanity. All of it is useless. Listen to a little bit more of the book. Here's one who's labored with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and yet to another who has not labored over it, he must leave his property. This also is vanity and a great misfortune. So he's imagining someone who has worked and slaved all his life, and then at the end he dies and the things he worked for goes to someone who never did one bit of work. Listen again. What profit comes to a man from all the toil and anxiety of heart with which he has labored under the sun? All his days, sorrow and grief are their occupation. Even at night his mind is not at rest. This also is vanity. First he looks out at the world and finds uselessness. Then he looks within at his own psychology. And there too he finds hopelessness, despair. You know, one of the most famous lines in Scripture comes from this book. Nothing new under the sun, Kohaleth says. Nothing new under the sun. Here's this old man now looking around, and people say, well, now, that's interesting, or that's new, or that's worth looking at. And he kind of sighs. Now, yeah, I've seen it all before. Nothing impresses me. Nothing's new. Everything comes around. 
And one of the most famous passages in the Bible is also in this book of Ecclesiastes. And I've always found this kind of amusing. It's a passage that many people find very poetic and very lyrical. They'll even do it at weddings. There's a famous song, you know, to everything, turn, 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 that's derived from this passage. But now listen to it. I'll read a little bit of it. In light of what I've been saying about Kohalath's attitude. For everything there's a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to reap. A time to kill, and a time to heal. Beautiful, poetic, lyrical. But think of it in terms of this whole book. Yeah, you know, we kill and we heal. You build up and then you tear down. You plant and then you sow. Round and around it goes, and it doesn't really go anywhere. To me, there's always something blandly despairing about that famous passage. To everything, there's its season. It's this, then it's that. It's up and then it's down. We win, then we lose. And it, none of it seems to be going anywhere. This, again, is the kind of uh, sighing desperation of this old man surveying the world. If you read this whole book of Ecclesiastes, you are going to find sentiments as dark as anything in Jean-Paul Sartre or Schopenhauer or any of the existentialist philosophers or psychologists. You want a dark, despairing, gloomy view of the world. You won't top this book in all of the literature of the world. You won't top it in any of the psychologists of the 20th century. Now, Christians, here's the puzzlement. What the heck is this book doing in the middle of the Bible? What is this dark, brooding, despairing book doing in the middle of sacred scripture? There's a line repeated frequently throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And here's the line, under the sun. So nothing new under the sun. But as he looks at all of the accomplishments under the sun, all of his toils under the sun, he finds all of that without meaning. All of that is useless. And that's the key. In other words, he's looking at this world. This world under the sun. This world of ordinary experience. And what he says is, nothing here below will finally satisfy us. Nothing here below, under the sun, in this world, will ever finally give us joy. If you're looking for what's really going to fulfill you, satisfy you, give your life meaning, don't look for it here. That's what he's saying. And even if it's said in kind of a dark, brooding, despairing way, it's a word of terrific and powerful revelation for us who constantly face the temptation of finding our ultimate satisfaction here below in this realm under the sun. You know, I said this earlier, but I, I want to repeat it. This figure is identified as Solomon, son of David. That means not only a man of great wisdom, but someone brought up in a palace 
with all of the advantages and all of the beauties and all of the pleasures this world can offer, sex, sensual pleasure, money, power, authority, anything you'd want, as a king, he would have it. So the fact that this old king at the end of his life looks back at all of it and says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That's the power of this thing. If it were someone who'd never experienced these things and then said, oh, my life has meant nothing. No, this is someone who has experienced all of this at its best, at its height, and still says, none of it has meaning. None of it has purpose. That's the power of it. The spiritual masters have always said this from the biblical times on. We were made for God. We were wired for God. Augustine famously says, you know, Lord, you've made us for yourself, and therefore our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. We're made for you, God. Only you will satisfy us. Therefore, everything in this world is by definition less than satisfying. What's the greatest spiritual tragedy? Hooking our infinite desire for God onto anything less than God. Listen, onto anything under the sun, money, sex, power, authority, sensual pleasure, material things, whatever it is, that's our greatest temptation. And that's why this book of Kohalath is so powerful for us. When he surveys all of that terrain, and says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Now, listen to the gospel, because we have a very similar point being made. Jesus tells one of his most powerful parables about a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, what shall I do? For I don't have space to store my harvest. And he said, this is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build bigger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for so many years. Eat, rest, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? That parable is making a very similar point to the book of Ecclesiastes, to the broodings and musings of Kohalath. The rich man in this parable has become addicted to material things, and Christians, it's bound to happen. When we take the infinite desire for God and we hook it on to something less than God, we almost by definition become attached to it. We become addicted to it. That house, that car, that bank account, that will satisfy me. And so we work and we work and we work and we achieve those ends. And for a while, we're satisfied. But then what happens inevitably? We are dissatisfied because we are wired for God. And so what do we do in our folly, in our vanity? What do we do? We look for more and more and more. I need a bigger car. I need a bigger house. I need a bigger bank account. And then we work and we labor and we labor and we achieve those ends. 
And for a short time, we are satisfied. And then inevitably, we are dissatisfied. And now the cycle continues. You see how it's represented in this parable. What shall I do with all this stored up wealth? I know I'll build bigger barns. And then when those get filled up, he'll build bigger ones. The point is, and he'll never be satisfied by any of it. So when God says to him, you fool, this night your life is required of you, that means don't you know what your life is about? It's not about the accumulation of all these goods that are under the sun, but rather of finding the great good beyond the sun, the great good which is God himself. Now, let me just close with a last uh, little meditation here. You might be listening to me and say, well, yeah, okay, but it sounds all rather puritanical or rather dark. I guess I just, what, run away from this world and I eschew it and I look someplace else. And No, there's a great paradox. And G.K. Chesterton, one of my favorite writers, put it very well. It's precisely when I let go of this world. Listen now. When I realize that Kohaleth is right, that everything below here is ultimately vanity, it won't satisfy me. It's precisely when I let go of it that I learn to love it and enjoy it. As long as I'm clinging to it, this will make me happy. This will satisfy me. Then it won't. Then it, it turns to dust in my hand. The moment, though, I say, this won't satisfy me, and I know it. This is not what my life is all about. In fact, this is all ultimately vanity, whether it's sex or money or power or material things. It's then that I begin to enjoy those things and see them as God sees them, as, yes, very good, but just not my ultimate good. Therefore, it's wonderful for us to settle into the kind of despairing tone of Koheleth, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That is ultimately good news. Friends, in the last couple of seconds, can I thank you again for the uh, many cards and emails and letters you've sent. I encourage you, please, to uh, keep in touch. Father Robert Barron at Mundelein Seminary, Mundelein, Illinois, 60060. Also, please check out the website, wordonfire.org, and there you can email me, too. Thanks, and God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of the word on fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.